This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. Twenty-four hours a day at oasiscityradio.com. Tune in, iHeartRadio, and the Oasis City Radio app. This is Oasis City Radio music. Oasis City Radio. We're starting a new series today called Summer Wise. And some are not. And so we're really excited. We're going to be jumping into the book of Proverbs for the next few weeks at the end of summer. And I think uh, there is, I don't know about you, but I get excited about the Word of God. You get excited about the Bible. I get excited about the Word of God. And so being able to dive into a particular portion of Scripture, uh, I'm in chapter 1 today, has just been a thrill uh, for the last few weeks. And so I'm excited to share with you some, some for the Word of God today as we start this series on, on Proverbs and really looking at what wisdom is and how we can walk in wisdom uh, as the people of God. So Let's just uh, start here at the beginning, Proverbs chapter 1, uh, verse 1, and we're, I'm going to read actually the first seven verses here to get us started, and, uh, and then we'll pray. So Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1 says this, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. How many of you want to have a successful life? How many of you want to live a disciplined life? (laughs) They go hand in hand. To help them do what is right and just and fair. So we can stand on the side of righteousness. And we can stand on the side of justice. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple knowledge and discernment to the young let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables the words of the wise and their riddles and now verse seven this is the whole crux of the entire book it says this fear the lord let's just read this together would you online here in the building let's read this together Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Let's read that together one more time. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Father, we love you. God, we're so grateful for your word. God, that your word is alive in a man named Jesus, that Jesus came so that we might have life and life abundantly. He died for us that we could have eternal life. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that your word today will bear fruit in our lives. So Holy Spirit, right now, just just prepare our hearts. God, we, we just cast out every thought that's not of you. Lord, we cleanse our minds right now. We're ready to receive from the word. So Lord, we cast down every spirit that is not of God, every thought that is not of God, and we say we're ready to receive your word today. God, let your word bear fruit, much fruit, fruit that remains in us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
Proverbs chapter 1. I'm so excited about this. And, uh, you know, when we think of wisdom, we always, I, I sometimes think of like the wise old owl, right? You know, this is what we think of. Wisdom is personified in this, in this animal, the owl. Why, is, why do we look at the owl as wise? Well, it probably actually goes back to Greek mythology because the, the goddess of wisdom was, off, uh, was often seen with an owl on their shoulder. So that's why we, where this whole wise owl comes from. But, you know, the Bible doesn't talk about a wise owl. The Bible talks about the wise ant. Like consider the ant. What we have to understand is that wisdom isn't what we necessarily think that it is. Uh, we, we think of wisdom often as, well, that's the person that's on stage. Maybe they're, they're breaking down the word. That's the wise old man or woman who, who has studied, who has gained knowledge. But uh, the essence of wisdom really is skill. I want to read something to you. It's the ability to do a job. The same Hebrew word is used for the skillful workers who prepared Aaron's garments and those who built the tabernacle in the temple. Their exceptional ability to work with fabric and bronze was necessary and admirable. The word wisdom in Hebrew is the same word for skill. Wisdom, according to the Bible in the book of Proverbs here, is actually talking about an, an applied skill. As a matter of fact, I think the best definition for wisdom when it comes to the biblical godly definition of wisdom is this. It's skill for living. Why don't you just say that? Skill for living. It's actually skill. So instead of me standing up here and you thinking of this being wise... Real wisdom probably actually sounds something like this. Come on. Somebody give it up for Sam. Sam using his God-given talent and skill is biblical wisdom. It's the essence of wisdom. That's what wisdom really is. Uh, imagine, that, imagine that we didn't just exist and happen on earth. Imagine that we were actually put here on planet earth with, for a plan, for a purpose. Imagine that somebody actually created us. That we are created beings made in the image of, of something greater than us. And then that very being said, let me help you live your life as I've intended you to live it. Yeah. And so the wisest man that ever lived was a man named Solomon. And so Solomon writes over 3,000 proverbs, uh, these wise sayings, these, these skills for living sayings. He writes over 3,000 of them. We have half of them recorded in the book of Proverbs. And because of that, it, it, with Solomon being the wisest man and, and who he is, we, we realize that wisdom is something that we can also attain to. Solomon was the wisest man, but we can be wise like Solomon. And he writes all of this wisdom down for us so that we can be wise like he is. And, you know, the, the, the book of Proverbs compares. It's not necessarily politically correct right now. Um, how many of you know the Bible is not politically correct? You know, it, uh, it really compares the book of Proverbs at 31 chapters, you know, which is great because you can read a chapter every day for a month. And then start over again. So you can read the book of Proverbs 12 times in a year by just reading a chapter a day. You can really get this in you. So this is going to be one of our challenges to, to grow in wisdom. With, um, But the book of Proverbs talks about wisdom. It really talks about wisdom and folly as two ladies. 
So there's this, there's this picture in the book of Proverbs about two ladies uh, standing on the street corner beckoning the men that are walking by and saying, hey, come follow me. One is wisdom and one is folly. And so it's the picture that we see all through the book of Proverbs is saying, hey, come after me. And, and as a matter of fact, Lady Wisdom actually begs us, begs us to say, please come follow me. Come after me because, because I have what you need. And it really paints a, a beautiful picture of what I believe is the world versus godly wisdom. The world is constantly begging for our attention. The world is like folly saying, hey, come follow me. Come after me. But then God in his wisdom is also saying, no, pursue me, pursue me. So there are two voices on the street. And so this, this, the book of Proverbs still applies very much to us today. So even though we live in the age of information, where we have information overload, we have so much access to knowledge and, and, and to understanding that, that we've ever had. We live in the age of, age of, age of we live in the age of, of what did I just say? We live in an age of, of knowledge. We live in an age of information. Thank you. But we don't live in an age of wisdom. Why is that? We, we live in an age of, of information, but we don't live in an age of, of wisdom. Why? Because we're not applying the wisdom of God to our lives. We're not applying the information and the knowledge according as God would want us to. And so this is the challenge today, not to pursue wisdom as the world would, but to pursue wisdom as God says, it's been quite a week. We've been on vacation and had a wonderful time with our family. But as you watch a little bit of the news in the Olympics. Anybody watching the Olympics? You know, don't you love the Olympics? And so I've been watching that. But even that, the Olympics aren't just about sports anymore now. I mean, there's so much noise and thi- there's so many things going on. I mean, the breaking news is, is whether or not someone's going to compete in, in a sport or an event or not, you know? Uh, and there's so much noise out there that I'm like, hey, can, can I not just watch an event? Like, I just want to, I just want to, just want to cheer for America, you know? God bless the USA, like, uh, you know? But, but there's information overload, and, and we, we, we sometimes forget, though, that, that these athletes are people. And that's the hard part. I'll be honest with you. When I heard the news this week about Simone Biles, I, my first response was like, Ugh frustration, right? You know, and and I'm thinking like, wow, just suck it up. Like you got one more week. Come on, you can do this one more week. And then you, then you read more about it and you begin to understand where she's coming from and you stop and you listen to what she's saying or what she said for the last four five, six years. You're going to realize, wait a minute, this is a person. This is not some, some thing that we get behind, but this is a person in real life. And the noise that is going on in her head and in her, and in her world and, and all of the things that are happening. She has to be able to walk in the wisdom of God. Yeah. And I admire, personally admire what it is that she is doing. Saying, I, I'm going to look after me. I, I think that's good. And there are times that we, we have to look at life ourselves and say, wait a minute, put away all the noise. And say, can we hear the voice of wisdom calling to us? The voice of folly is very loud. The voice of the world is very loud all around us with lots of noise. So much information. But today, my, my, my question of you is this. Can we stop and can we listen to the voice of wisdom? Amen. Can we tune our ears to the voice of wisdom as she calls for us? Verse 7 
really is the crux of the entire book of Proverbs. And it says this, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. The fear of the Lord, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So we see really, again, there, there are fools and there are wise people. We're contrasting two groups of people. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning. It's the foundation. But what is the fear of the Lord? You know, what fear of the Lord is something that you think you, you might understand, but often we don't have the full context of it. You see, fear is not being afraid in a sense of being fearful for something, uh, but, it, but it really is a, a respect and an honor and an awe of God. So let me say it like this. The fear of the Lord looks more like the fear that I had for my grandfather. Because I had so much respect for him and his spiritual maturity and who he was as the patriarch of our family. And I'll never forget one day uh, when my younger brother was about three years old, he went down to the creek after a torrential downpour. And so the normal quiet stream is a gushing river out of the mouth of the spring. I mean, if he would have gone down into the mouth of the stream, he would have been gone. And I'll never forget thinking, and I knew my grandfather, probably 10 or 12 years of age, and seeing and hearing the voice of my grandfather in a tone that I had never heard in my life. It it was one for him that that was... encouraging my little brother that there was danger below that if he didn't stop he could find himself in danger and so the 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 voice and tone of my grandfather I was in sheer terror of him but I recognized that it wasn't out of anger that he was responding but it was out of love it it was out of protection and so so I, I looked at my grandfather and I developed a great more respect for him I had a fear of my grandfather in a great way I I have a fear of of, of firefighters and, and paramedics in the sense that I have great respect for them. Yeah. When I was 18 years old, I, I got stung by an insect and it was a, it was a exercise induced uh, reaction that I had. Uh, and I went into anaphylactic shock. I was talking to my brother about this last week. He was saying how he remembered it at 18 years of age. I'm on a roof cleaning off my grandfather's roof. And I get stung by a wasp like I had been stung a thousand times growing up in the country, being in barns and around the farm. I'd been stung a thousand times in my life. And there was something about this in the moment. And as soon as I got stung, I said, I think I'm going to get down off the roof. And no sooner had my feet touched the ground that I, that I passed out. It took about 30 seconds. I went into anaphylactic shock. The problem is, is we live about an hour away from the closest hospital. So, um, Mom calls 911. They say, we're sending an ambulance. We'll be there in 20 minutes. And she says, thank you, but I'll meet you on the way. This is my, you'll find me. Like, so, so we get, we get to, we get about 15 minutes away and the volunteer firefighter paramedics meet us and they pull me out in the middle of the highway. They can't get my airways open. So they have to do CPR up my nose and they, you know, two shots of epinephrine. So, I mean, and it was at that moment afterwards that I, I have a great respect for these men and women who, who give of their lives to help save other people. Yeah. I have a fear of those who serve others, police and firefighters and paramedics and those, because there's a great respect and admiration that I have for them and what they do. Yeah. And in a much greater way, we have to have a fear of the Lord. Right. A fear of the Lord that recognizes that, that, that God when he speaks to us is everything is out of love. It's not out of anger. 
I think the best definition that, that I've heard about this, the fear of the Lord, and under, what we need to understand is this. The fear of the Lord looks like this. It's when we mess up. It's not saying, man, I messed up. I hope my dad doesn't find out. I hope God doesn't find out. But the fear of the Lord is saying this, man, I messed up. I need God's help. I need my father's help. That, that, that's the best relationship, the relationship fear that we need to have with the Lord. Is saying like, I need God's help right now, even though I messed up. And so we need to be able to understand that the fear of the Lord, the, the scripture says, this is the foundation. This is, this is everything that it is. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. So that's where it starts. True knowledge or wisdom, we can't get without understanding that the foundation of it has to be in God. That's why the greatest scholars and the greatest uh, theologians or, or whoever it might be in all the earth are not operating in true wisdom unless their foundation is the fear of the Lord. Because God created it all. He created us. He created wisdom. And he, he created us to be able to walk in this wisdom with him. So, so we have to understand that it's the foundation of your life, right? The fear of the Lord. So what really, what really is wisdom? Well, let's, let's look at this first. I skipped over this part, so this will be fun. <laughs> Proverbs. I need to go back to this because you need to laugh real quick. So Proverbs. What is, what is, what is Proverbs? What is, what is a proverb? What is a proverb? Proverbs is a wise saying, okay, but it's more. We have Proverbs today, right? Okay, we have Proverbs today. So a proverb today uh, would be something, let's see, what's a proverb today? Somebody tell me. So what, it would be like this, a bird in the hand is worth two in a bush. Okay, all, a few of the, none of the young people knew that, okay? <laughs> I need a young proverb, but let's see. Bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. What that means is if you're if you're hungry and you're eating bird for the day, I guess it doesn't really have a whole lot of application for today, but if you're eating bird, one bird in your hand is, is better than two birds not in your hand. This is not a great proverb if you have to explain it, right? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. My modern interpretation of that is um, you can leash your dog and take him outside. But you can't make him do the deed. <laughs> Especially when he's a puppy. We got a pandemic pup and he can't, he's not, he's, you can take him outside, but he don't have to go, you know? Uh, these are Proverbs, right? Proverbs are these things. And so the book of Proverbs was really, it was put together uh, orally. It was been oral tradition passed down. Why? Because these oral sayings are, are easily memorized. So imagine this. I want you to think about this just quick thought. The, the wisdom and the beauty of Proverbs that was spoken and written in Hebrew and now translated to English has this much power. Imagine what it sounds like in its original language. You know, imagine what it sounds like when, it, when it's really much of its poetry, when it's written in cadence and all this. And we don't even have that. We don't have that understanding of it, that appreciation because it's been translated. But even in English, we get great truths out of it. And that's what the Proverbs is. They are great truths for us to live by. Solomon recorded all of these. But, so let me ask you this. That's what a proverb is. So what is, what is wisdom? Wisdom is this, as we said before, it's a skill for living. It's not just knowledge. It's not just understanding. But it really is and applying that skill to live your life. It's a skill for living. But I want to make this statement. Jesus really is wisdom personified. So if we're looking for an example of what wisdom really is, looks like, it's Jesus. Jesus is wisdom personified. In 1 Corinthians 
It says this, verse 30, God has united you with Christ for our benefit. God made him to be wisdom itself. Jesus is wisdom. Jesus himself is actually wisdom. Verse 24, but to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, so say that's me, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ is the power of God, but he's the wisdom of God. So when we're, we're looking for wisdom, we have to understand the fact that wisdom is personified in, in Jesus, that Jesus is wisdom. So one more, Colossians chapter 2. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. Amen. Christ himself is God's plan. In him lie all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The beginning of wisdom, the foundation of wisdom, is the fear of the Lord. And it's found in Jesus himself. We cannot pursue wisdom without pursuing God. Our pursuit of wisdom starts with the pursuit of God. That's the key for us today. To go on a journey where we say, hey, we're going to pursue wisdom and walk in wisdom in our lives. It starts with, with pursuing God. We were on vacation this week and, and kids were in bed. We'd had a long day in the sun and the pool and had a wonderful time. And so I'm back in the room, me and Tara laying in bed and we're talking and uh, TV is on and it's in one of those only, there were very few English channels. And... Um, you know, you can only watch so much swimming in Olympics. I mean, I love the Olympics, but anybody else? I mean, you can watch swimming all day long. I love, I mean, I love swimming. You guys love swimming more than I do, obviously. I, I can only watch so much swimming, you know? So I'm like, okay, there's more swimming. All right, so what else is on in English? And so uh, there's this show that's on TV, and it's, it's Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And evidently, it is, uh, it's the last season, I hear. You know, it's, it, it's the end of an era. And... Um, you know, this show has made two of the women billionaires. Not mil- bi- billion, but bu- 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 billion. Uh, so culturally, it's a big deal, okay? I'm not saying I have any kind of affinity for the show or by no means recommending it. But culturally, uh, two women becoming billionaires because of a show is a big deal. So culturally, it is actually very significant to what's happening right now in America. Uh, and, and so I was, as I was watching this with no real intent focus, there was something where the Holy Spirit perked up in me in this moment of the show. And uh, one of the lead characters is going through a divorce and talking about, the state made this statement, you know, I have everything in life. I have jets, I have multiple homes, I have vacations, I have all of these things. I have everything 10 times beyond what I could have ever imagined I'd ever have. Never thought I would have what I have. Have every big thing in life you could ever want. But she said, I'm, I'm ready for the small things. I, I want, I want a, a husband who wants to be with me. I, I want healthy family relationships. I want the small things in life. And it was this incredible moment. And I'm thinking in my mind, like, wow, what an incredible, poignant moment. Yeah. Culturally, in America, yeah. here, here is someone who, who is 
put up there as the most successful uh, self-made billionaire. I mean, there's only a few women in, in the world that are self-made billionaires. Here's someone who has, has everything, and yet they're saying, I have all the big things, but I, but I desire, I want the small things. Yeah. And Tara looks at me and she says, babe, I'm so glad I have all the small things, but I'm ready for some of the big things too. <laughs> Totally not the direction I was going with it. You know, I, I, Holy Spirit's talking. I'm thinking, she's ready for some of the big things. Um, and, and to be honest with you, to be honest with you, it was such a moment. You ever had these moments? I, I burst out laughing. It was like the funniest thing she could have ever said to me. I mean, I was belly laughing because I was like, man, I'm having a moment. She's saying this, you know, you, want it, you think you're connected on the same page, you know. <laughs> And I mean, but if that doesn't paint a picture of where we're at here in America, where our culture's at, there's, there's two women calling out, voice of folly, the voice of wisdom. And the voice of folly is so loud saying, you need this, you need this, you need this, you need this. And the voice of wisdom at the same time is steadily saying, come here, come here, come here. And I think one of the greatest tragedies in life is that we don't stop to hear the voice of wisdom. That we don't tune out the voice of folly, the voice of this world and say, where is wisdom? Because if I can find wisdom, I'll find the plan God has for my life. And that's the crux of this series that we're going to pursue over the next four or five weeks is that when we follow after wisdom, we find God's purpose, we find his plan, and we become people who are fully alive, knowing what God created us to do. We're going to receive communion in just a moment. If you're watching online, go go grab something real quick. We want to take communion together. If you didn't get communion, uh, just raise your hand and our our, our ushers will bring you one. But before we get there, I want to read one more scripture to you. It's found in the book of Matthew chapter 7, and it's in verse 24. It's This is the end of the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus preaches this sermon, and it's all of these truths. So these are the words of Jesus. He's speaking all of these truths about what we're to be, how how we're to act, what we're to pursue uh, in life. And so after, at the very end of Jesus' message, this this is what he says in verse 24. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, the last two chapters, this entire sermon that he's preached. Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And I think today, if we were to take a moment right before we receive communion and examine ourselves, and if we were to say, if my house, if my life is like a house, does my house have a firm foundation Because storms are inevitable. When life has come and thrown the wind and the waves and the rain at it, has my house stood? If it's built on the foundation, the fear of the Lord, Jesus says our house, we're like a wise man. But if not, 
we've built our house like a foolish man on the sand. And they're both saved people. They're both following Jesus people. But if storms in life are constantly throwing you off course, messing you up, then you have to ask yourself, how strong is my foundation? Today, we're going to go back to that foundation. And we're going to say, God, I'm pursuing you because I'm pursuing wisdom. I'm pursuing you because I'm pursuing wisdom.